welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 12th of April 2015, entitled, What is Your Life? Part 2. And the Bible reading is taken from Galatians chapter 2, verses 15 to 21. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. We're continuing from our thoughts this morning on what is your life? And uh, we're going to take our scripture reading this evening from Galatians chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 15 through 21. I invite you to stand with us to honor the reading of God's holy word, starting in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 15. We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, But by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For through the law, I am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me, and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Father, we thank you so much this evening, Lord, as we look at this wonderful passage of Scripture that you have preserved for us. Father, as we look there this evening, we pray that you would give us food for thought, that you would take and help us, Lord, to grasp that this evening that you would have for us that it might in some way, Lord, make us not just a better person, but help to make us more like our Savior. Of course, in his name we pray, amen and amen. We said, of course, as our first weekend following the resurrection weekend, as we've looked at the death and we've looked at the life, today we've really just tried to bring that into a more personal thing. What does it all really mean? mean to us? How does it affect us personally? And of course, we've taught many things. There is no hope without Jesus Christ having died. And of course, right here, he's making sure even even as a Jew, even as one that was chosen as one of God's own, that even they, as through faith in Jesus Christ, is their only hope of being justified before God. That without that, there is no hope. Of course, this morning, as we begin to ask that question, what is your life and how to define life, and we looked at a few things. We looked at, first of all, the provision of life, that all life is created by God, is given by God. It's a gift of God. He is the provider of life. In all of those particulars, life, the physical, the spiritual, and the eternal life that we find in the Word of God. And then we looked at the period of life. It is God that has created, that originates with him. He is life. To live is to be with God. To be away from God is death. There is nothing else, and it is God 
that gives us that period of time and we looked at he's the one that's in control. We have a certain number of years and there's certain things that we can do to lengthen and shorten that maybe, but in the end, it's ultimately God that decides how many years that you have on this earth. And it's ultimately God's gift that can give you life beyond that grave. We looked in the scriptures at the pictures of life that it gives us there, a journey, a dream, a shadow, a vapor, a, a, a tale that is told, a water spilled on the ground, a flower, and all of these things trying to, to give us this picture from God's word that life is short. <laughs> life is here for such a short time. And in all of these things, we see these pictures that we only have a certain amount of it to do with it what we're going to do. And we look finally at that purpose of life. What is the purpose of life? We said the most important purpose of life, of course, is preparing for eternity. There is nothing more important that we do in this life. God gave you that physical life we all had. In the garden, we all started out with the spiritual life and the eternal life, but sin destroyed that. Sin separated us from God. He's life. With him, is, we, have, we have life when we're with him. When we're separated from God, it's death. Well, there is no life away from him. So we find that we ask ourselves those questions. Paul said, for me, to live is Christ. What is the purpose in our life? What is my life all about? Why? Am I alive? We tried to look at just a few of those things. Well, I want us to continue this evening. One of the verses that we mentioned this morning was that James said in James chapter 4 and verse 14, he said, for what is your life? And then went on to say, it is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Now, Brother Steve made an important point just before the service this evening because really our reading this morning was taken from the Gospel of John chapter 11 where we looked at Jesus going and raising Lazarus from the dead. And of course, there was where Jesus said that he was the resurrection and he was the life. And that it's through believing on him that you can have that life and that you can have eternal life through that, that you'll never die. And of course, that is true right now when you are in Christ. That's going to be visible for many at the rapture. <laughs> Though they were dead, yet shall they live, amen. And we look forward to that glorious day. But what I, we must remember, what is your life? The, the clock is ticking. Life is passing us by one year, one month, one week, one day, one hour, one minute, one second at a time. And we could all look back and ask, where has all the time gone? Whatever age we are here this evening, where has it all gone? Well, I'm going to give you something that we said this morning that, of course, we looked at some of the average age spans before the flood and after the flood and during Moses' time. And, of course, we came up to the word now that you know, we've been given about 70 years 80, if we're blessed especially, and there are a few people that go beyond that, but if you live to be 70 years old, if you take it and work it out, out of that 70 years on this earth, if you average eight hours of sleep a night, <laughs> out of that 70 years, you're going to sleep 23 years of it. 
32.9%, a third of your life will be spent sleeping. That's pretty easy. Three eighths is 24, 24 hours in a day. If you average sleeping a third of that, a third of your life is going to be spent asleep. And then just taking the average person in the surveys they did, the average person will spend about 16 of that 70 years working, which is like 22.8% of your life. The average person will spend about eight years, 11.4%, doing that really productive thing of being entertained by the TV, watching other people's lives play out before them. About six years eating, some of us take a little more time than that. That's 8.6%. <laughs> About six years traveling, four and a half years in leisure activities. You spend, the average person spends about four years out of the 70 ill, sick with some kind of sickness. About two years just getting dressed every morning. <laughs> the average person out of their life when you work out how much time they actually spend with God each week, about half a year in a 70-year lifetime, <laughs> seven-tenths of a percent. <laughs> we find sometimes people, it's just so hard. <laughs> Sunday morning and Sunday evening, and we, you, you take a look at the time that we spent. There's so many things going on. How can I, I would love to be out there on the outreach, but they're just, we do the things that are important to us. And I'm saying that in the average person's life, God gets left with whatever little tiny bit might be left over, even for those that want to recognize and have any time with God at all, usually. God loves us. Man, thank God for his grace. He loves us in spite of ourselves, but I'm asking you a question that only you can answer, and I'm saying I think it's pretty important when we're thinking of all this life and death and the resurrection and, and all that goes on, and what is your life? What does your life amount to? At the same time that... Life is passing us by quickly. We're busy. We talked this morning about living and experiencing so many of the things that are not really important, like the lady on the train fussing about doing this and doing that, things that will never matter in eternity. Seems that as we grow older, seems that sometimes our priorities change. <laughs> We begin to sometimes have regrets. We wish we had spent more time doing this or doing that. You know, I've never in all of my years, and I've been an awful lot of people that come to the end with an awful lot of regrets, but I have yet to meet the first person that wished that they'd done less for God, <laughs> that wished that they had spent less time with God. I've never seen anybody get to the end and regret the time that they used for him. I want to take this passage this evening, and of course, again, we see a passage here. There's so many things that could be pulled out of it, but I want us just to focus on, on really those last few verses when Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. If there was any other way that we could be right with God other than the death of Jesus Christ, then his death was worthless. 
It was all for nothing. But he's pointing out that that is, you know, I want to give you three words that we just pull right out of these, these verses right here. And first of all, there in verse 20, he says, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. The now of life. He's talking about the life that now, right now, which I now live in this flesh. We're not talking about the life, the eternal life. We're not talking about what we're going to spend in eternity. He's talking about the moment that we are in right now. Because in fact, the moment that you have right now is all that you have. You're not promised the next moment. You're not promised any more moments after that. You have the moment right now. And if we're going to experience life, true life, it can only happen that moment when we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I've heard it put in different ways over the years. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only what's done for him will endure. The truth is, is that that's the only thing that's going to last into eternity. What we do in this life for Christ is the only thing that we're going to take with us into the next life. Nothing else is going with us. It's all being left behind. The now of life. You see, our walk with Christ, as we walk with him, as we commune with him, our life must be lived for him We need to live what we're living, the life that I now have in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. We need to be living it for Him. Not only living it for Him, but we need to be living it in Him. We looked at that more this morning. We see it here. The only life that we have is the life that we have in Jesus Christ. He is the resurrection. He is the life. Outside of him, there is none. The life that I now have in the flesh, the life that you now have in the flesh, that's the moment that you have. That's the moment. You can't do anything about those moments that are past, that are gone. We can regret, we can't change them, we can't do it any different, and we can't do anything yet about what we're going to do tomorrow. We have the now of life right now. What is your life right now at this moment in time that you have, that I have, that we have here this evening? Are we living it for him? Are we living it in him? What about all of our relationships with everybody else? Well, I think even that has to be lived to him, to him for his glory. That's in the end. That's what's really going to matter. This life, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. There was a young boy, a child by the name of Rick Husband. And if anybody, does that name sound familiar to anybody? Anybody ever heard the name Rick Husband before? Rick Husband as a child had one real desire in life, and that was he wanted to grow up to be a pilot. But not just any pilot of any aircraft. He wanted to grow up to be an astronaut. 
He wanted to be able to fly into the heavens beyond. In 1980, he entered the United States Air Force. And in 1999, as a colonel in the Air Force, Rick Husband's dream came through when he flew aboard the space shuttle Discovery into outer space. Rick was a dedicated Christian. He shared how much that he enjoyed living for the Lord and singing for the Lord. And he made this comment. He said, well, I've been singing for a long time. When I was growing up, going to church, I sang in church choir as a, as a real little kid, especially with some of the songs that we sing in church. Just being able to sing a song, to tell God how much I love him, it's just great. It really does. I'm singing it to him. I'm singing it for him. I could tell you a few things about some of the music that he played to, while he was in outer space. Some of the songs, some of the songs that even I love. <laughs> One of the Steve Green songs that he, that he loved so much, and that music coming back to earth <laughs> from that astronaut out there. But one morning in Janu on January 16th, 2003, if you figure out that's what, four years after he had made that first journey on the space shuttle Discovery, this time he was the commander of the space shuttle Columbia. Just after suiting up and before they went walking into the shuttle, Rick husband stopped his whole crew before they opened the door Right there before the whole world, he wanted to pray for them. <laughs> he wanted to commit what they were doing and their time and all that was. He wanted to pray for each and every one of them. And later, one of the technicians was overheard to be saying that in all of his years at NASA, he had never before seen or heard a commander praying for his crew before they took off. Just prior to launch, Rick radioed a message to Mission Control. And it was a short, simple message that said, the Lord has given us a great day. That's all he said. The Columbia crew spent the next two weeks in outer space. And as they were entering back into the Earth's atmosphere, just 16 minutes before touching down, Columbia broke apart, re-entering that atmosphere. And in a fleeting moment, that child of God, his life was finished here upon this earth. He was doing that which he had dreamed to do, but he never failed or forgot to give God the glory even in that. But I say that to say this, sometimes <laughs> when we are at the peak of our lives, doing maybe what we've worked and wanted and added for all of our lives, God is the one that's still in control. We only have that moment. I mean, all the, most of the dangerous stuff was supposed to have already been over with. The 16 minutes before touching down, their moment had come, that time that they had upon this earth. You see, in this passage that we see here in Galatians, we need to recognize, folks, the now of life. What are we doing now? I'm not asking you what you intend to do with your life a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. What are you doing with your life right now? The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. But we see in the next verse, I do not 
frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law when Christ is dead in vain. See, this really ties in with what he said up there in verse 18. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. We need to deal with, destroy. We talked about the, the dying. We talked about that in Wednesday night, I think. To the concerns of this, this, this ugly world and the sin that's all around us. He said there in verse 19, For I through the law am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. You see, we have the now of life. But we also have the not of life. That we frustrate, that we waste the grace of God. Because that's the only thing that gives us a life worth living. That's the only thing that gives us hope, what Jesus Christ accomplished for us. But Jesus accomplished that for us so that we can live life now and for all of eternity so that we would not frustrate the grace of God, so that we would not regret later what would have been, what should have been, what could have been with our lives because all too many times there are all too few that get down to the end and can honestly say as the Apostle Paul that they fought a good fight. They've finished their course. They've kept the faith. We find that we don't need to have the regrets of what could have been and what should have been if we do something now. I don't know that we could ever, well, we know that we could never do enough to repay God for all that he's done for us. But I'm saying right now, let's not frustrate, waste the grace of God. Let's not live a life of regret, of regretting what we didn't do and trying to make excuses for us. Not to relegate to second best. You see, so many times we try to live life in our own power, doing the best we can, and we're working hard, and we're so sincere, and we're so genuine, and we really want to make something of it, and we really want to make a difference, and we really want to do something, and we're really doing it all ourselves. That we not frustrate the grace of God that we not waste it living in our own power, doing our own thing, but that we live it in his power. Not to relinquish. Not to relinquish his presence or the presence of other things. Not to relinquish his provision for what we can provide ourselves. His power, his protection, we sing that simple song sometimes, Christ is all I need. And there's so much truth in that, in those simple words, Christ is all. You see, we see here the importance of the now of life. What is your life? The now of life, the life which you now live in the flesh. Are you living it by the faith of the Son of God? The knot of life, 
Are you living a life not frustrating the grace of God and all that he's given you? You know, there in verse 20, he said something else. He said, I am crucified with Christ. What's the next word? Nevertheless. <laughs> Nevertheless, I live. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. So many things could be said there. I am crucified with Christ. There is only one place. The old songwriter said, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. <laughs> it's the same for all of us. doesn't matter where we've been, what we've done, or where we're going. I'm crucified with Christ. You must die with him. We talked some about this again <laughs> on Wednesday night. The importance. What does it mean? to die to Christ, to die to sin. I am crucified with Christ. Crucifixion was purposely designed to humiliate a person as much as they possibly could. To make a person die in as great a pain as is possible. You've never yet, you ought to read sometime. I mean, just, just what it took the pain that it took just for them to push themselves up enough to be able to get a breath, to take one breath. It was meant that way. We talked a bit about this. <laughs> to be crucified with Christ, yes, we have to die daily. But we don't just have to die to our sins and die to ourselves and all those things. We have to be willing to completely die. <laughs> Jesus could have said a lot of things, but he used the cross, the crucifixion. Why the cross? Yes, it was an emblem of death, but it was the emblem of an agonizing death. I am crucified with Christ. You see, Christ died in your place. <laughs> he died that agonizing death for you, and he died it there for you, but yet, we must die there with him in order to experience life. The old man must die. The old man must be gone. He must be put to death in order to live. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, nevertheless, thank God, I'm experiencing his life because of salvation, because he saved me. I'm experiencing his holiness not my own. I'm experiencing his because of God's sanctification, not because of what I'm doing. I experience his resurrection power by serving him in his power and not my own, by serving him and letting him do with my life what he wants to do. What's, what is your life? What is this life that you now live all about? And, and you see, it's great. We said that this past weekend that, you know, the, the death of Christ was essential. He had to die. He had to shed his blood. That blood had to go as a sacrifice for your sin, for my sin, for anyone that would ever be sin. Without it, there is no hope. 
You know, one of the amazing scriptures <laughs> is that when Jesus gave that command to go into all the world and to preach the gospel, <laughs> you know, Jesus points out the importance of what he did in dying and being risen again, just as the scriptures declared. But in the same breath, he says, that's why we have to go. <laughs> because there can be no life without Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is writing to the church at Galatia. <laughs> even as God's chosen people, even as God's people, there's only one way. And that's through Jesus Christ. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of Jesus Christ, of the Son of God. What is your life right now? It's awful easy to live on what we're going to do, what we might do, what we want to do. But I want to encourage you. The life that you have right now, right here, the moment that you have right now, regardless of your age, whether you're young or whether you're old, it is this moment that we have. It is this moment. What is your life right now? You don't want to live your life frustrating the grace of God and get to the end with nothing but regret. You must be crucified with Christ, nevertheless, to live, to live for him. Father, we thank you this evening, and Lord, the simplicity of the question that we've just tried to look to your word for today, what is your life? Each and every one of us need to ask ourselves what our life really is. Is it going to be made up of sleeping a third of it and doing all these other things and you getting some small portion at the end? Or is our life right now, the moment that we have, are we truly living it in you and for you? Father, we pray that you'd just help us to recognize that where life is fleeting. For some of us, as the years go up, we realize that, you know, we've got less ahead of us than we've got behind us. But Lord, I thank you that we have this moment, and it's this moment that we can do something about. And I pray that you would help us to take the moment that we have, the life that we have right now. We look forward to that day when we'll have that new body and when we'll be in heaven and when we'll all have that glorified body and that we'll be with you in your presence. But the life that I now live right now, right here in the flesh, we live by the faith of the Son of God. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to make this moment count. We'll give you all the praise and thanks for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.